is Center Point. Family, what's poppin'? Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brenda Palmer, and I am the Director of Communications and Experiences, and I have the pleasure of being able to share the word with you this morning. Yes. I'm super excited. Just want to honor Pastor John in his absence. He is an amazing shepherd, and um, he y'all got me today. You know, he said, hey, Brenda, take care of the people. So I got y'all. Y'all ready? Okay, for those of you who don't know me, this is going to, y'all, okay, all right, now, it's 11 o'clock, all right? The 9 a.m., they were lit, okay? It was 9 o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock. It's the middle of the day. You don't have an excuse, all right? So wake it up, wake it up. If you're ready for the word, let me hear you say, yeah. yeah. Yes, you with me, you with me. I just need to know I'm not here by myself. That's all, that's all, all right? Okay, that, you know what? You're going to be my favorite person today. I can already tell. I can already tell. I can already tell. <laughs> All right, um, so we're in this uh, journey uh, studying Elijah, and before we hop in, I want to share um, an encounter I had with you guys. So uh, last week, I was getting ready for church, and um, you know, I was looking in the mirror like we all do before we get out, just make sure we all good, right? So I'm like looking in the mirror, and um, I, I live alone. Just, I need to preface the story with that. You understand? So I'm looking at the mirror, and um, when I'm looking at the mirror. I see two handprints on the mirror. And um, I would do, I did what any millennial would do. I took a picture. <laughs> and um, I was like, um, look at these hands. And then I text them to my best friend who's sitting here on the front row. And I said, who hands are these? Like, just, just like that. So who hands are these? Um, because y'all probably can't see them from there. But I have baby hands. They don't look like that, all right? And so I was like, um... Who hands? Whose, whose hands are those? And so at first, like y'all probably would do, I got scared. Because I was like, who, who, who been in my house <laughs> touching the mirror and um, thought they should leave their handprints there? And then right after that moment of fear, there was a sense of peace. And then I like took a step back and I looked at the hands. It's very intricate, okay, details there. And if you see the hand, it's not a right and a left. It's two right hand prints. And in the center of the hand, there's a hole. And in that moment, I said, actually, I cried. This is actually the first thing I did because Jesus was in my house. And I know that that takes, that takes a lot, but it happened, y'all. Y'all see the hand prints? That's why I took a picture because sometimes we need to see that Jesus, like the same God that we're reading about in this story, showed up at my house. And I'm sharing this encounter with you because sometimes we can go through the story of Elijah and we can see that like God fed him through a brook and then we can see uh, God like allowed him to lay on top of a boy and he come back to life. And sometimes we think he's only the God of this book. But let me tell you, he's real. And just like he showed up in these stories that we read, he showed up in my house. And so obviously I'm a question asker. So I'm like, dang, Lord, what you trying to say? Like you didn't stop by just to stop by. I'm sure you had something to say. And I came across a scripture, Isaiah 41 and 10. And it says, do not fear anything for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, of power, of victory, of salvation. I said, well, hello, Lord. You better stroll up in my house, in my bathroom, and give me a word that can 
could carry me through. So now, that's a life verse now, huh? Do not be afraid of anything because I'm with you. I'll uphold you with my righteous hand. And just in case you forget, I'll slap it on your mirror so you won't forget. Because let me tell y'all, today, seven days later, it's still there. Hanging out. And I'm going to leave it there. You know, the Lord is with me. And every time I forget, he's not just giving, like, me authority to show up in places like, you know, the mirror I look through. That's my identity. He's saying he's on the inside of me. And you don't got to be scared of nothing because I'm with you. And I'm telling you, the same guy that showed up in my bathroom, guess what? He's here today to tell you the same thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Because we'll get stuck there. That'll preach by itself. And that ain't why... That's not why we're here, okay? That's not why we're here, all right? We're talking about Elijah, Elijah, all right? The story is about Elijah, all right? But I needed you to, it's just like, you know, the title of my message today is Set the Stage. And what I just did with that story was set the stage for you to be able to experience the power of God in your own life. So we just, we're going to read a story. And we're going to see the power of God show up. I just showed you how the power of God showed up in my bathroom last week. And then you're going to leave here today expecting to see the power of God in your own life. We're setting the stage for God to move. So that's the name of the message today. Set the stage. All right? So we're going to read a story today. Um, Pastor John told us last week that we need to show up so God can show out. And this is what this story is all about. And we're going to kick it off right here. All right, people, let's go. To set the stage means to create the conditions in which something is likely to happen. If someone sets the stage for an event to take place, they make the preparations so that it can take place. And so we start right here in 1 Kings 18, verse 20. A little backstory, you know, Elijah just pulled up on Ahab because God told him to. And Ahab's like, hey, you troublemaker. And Elijah said, on the contrary, it's you and your family that's causing trouble. But I'm here to set things straight. So that's where we are. I need to give y'all backstory so you can catch up to the story. Y'all got it? We cool? So, okay, let me help y'all. Let me tell y'all how this is going to go. I'm going to prepare you for the ride. Pastor Rick told you to strap in, but, you know, like, here it is. So you ever watched a movie or a TV show, and they give you, like, real-life moments, and then there's some flashbacks? Boom. That's our story today. The story is the flashbacks. Then we're going to fast forward to real life, and I'm going to show you how to apply it. Then you're going to move on. All right? That's how it goes. That's how it goes. I'm telling y'all, he's my favorite. He is my favorite. <laughs> all right. Verse 20. Verse 20. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much long will you waver? hobbling between two opinions if the Lord is God follow him but if Baal is God then follow him but the people were completely silent now let me help y'all so Ahab right when when Elijah rolled up on him and you know he wanted to call him a troublemaker you know what Elijah said he said in his heart I believe he said I'm sick of this go get them Go get the prophets of Baal. Go, matter of fact, go get Israel. Go get everybody. Say everybody. Everybody. And guess what Ahab did? He went and got everybody, right? And so then Elijah's like, honestly, we don't even really got to have this battle. You know, if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. At the end of the day, make a choice, decision, do something. That's what he's asking. And, and what did it say? They were completely silent. What, what Elijah does here is he calls out Israel's unfaithfulness. 
They, they like, oh, today, maybe the Lord, you know, is, is he going to, you know, fix this drought? Or, you know, maybe we'll roll with Baal because that's what Ahab and Jezebel tell us to do. They were straddling the fence. Yeah. And while I'm like looking at them straddling the fence, I thought about how like sometimes we choose to follow Jesus and then we go back to that thing we left to follow Jesus for. And it was like, no, I want to follow Jesus. No, I really want to do this thing over here. I'm going to follow Jesus, but I'm going to follow him over here. How long will you waver between two opinions? Will you just make a choice to choose to follow Jesus? Let me bring it down a little bit lower because I know a decision to follow Jesus, that's real big. You know when you're driving on the freeway, I ain't talking about you, I'm going to talk about myself. When you're driving on the freeway and that person cuts you off and they don't use their signal and you want to tell them you know something that's not about how much Jesus loves them you know you know if the Lord is God follow him and if what I would do doesn't it doesn't please the Lord I'm not following him I'm wavering between two opinions so I can stand here and preach to y'all and then get in my car and act a fool no I'm wavering how long will you waver if your life don't align with what you what's coming out of your mouth you're wavering in between two opinions and I want to ask you the way Elijah asked him, how long will you waver between two opinions? If, the, if God is Lord, follow him. And if it's Baal, follow him. But please, by all means, <laughs> make a decision. Do something. The Bible tells us if you're lukewarm, he'll spit you out. How can God show up if you don't make a decision? He don't know whose team you running for. Could you imagine playing football, being in the center of the field? Who's going to pass you the ball? Nobody knows whose team you're on. You're ineffective. If I give you the ball, you're going to go this way or that way. God's like, hey, I'm trying to get you in the game so I can show up. But could you make a decision? Make a choice. So how do we set the stage? We set the stage with our choice. Make a choice. Make a decision. The amazing thing I love about God is that he don't tell you who to choose. He just wants you to choose. He don't got time to be like, he are, he's God. He already know. Just make a choice. Set the stage with your choice so God can move. All right, we're going to keep reading because Pastor John told me I can't preach that. He said, Brenda, stay focused. Stay focused. <laughs> stay focused. All right. <clears throat> then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left. But Baal has 450 prophets. I love this verse because Elijah is setting the stage. He's like, he's highlighting their, the fact that they have an upper hand. He's like, it's only one of me. It's 450 of them. He's like, he's, it's like, you know, like that person that like me just got to show out because Elijah just, he's just really, he's really putting it on. He's like, it's one of me. Four of y'all. Come on. Thank y'all. Y'all working really hard, production team, because I know. Next scripture, though. Now, <laughs> bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. Then... Call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agree. Oh, y'all agree to a battle, but nobody want to make a choice. 
I just asked y'all earlier, said they were completely silent. Now y'all ready for a showdown? Are you ready for a fight? Now you got so much to say. Oh, okay. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of your God, y'all, of your God. But do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, danced, Baal, Baal. They danced, hobbling around the altar they had made. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You might want to shout a little louder. I don't, I don't think he can hear you. Bell, Bell, he scoffed. For surely he is a god. Perhaps, you know, maybe he's daydreaming or relieving himself. Elijah, Elijah's got, you know, like he hit below the belt. He said, maybe he got, you know, maybe he's handling something that's a little more important than this moment right now, like proving himself as a god. Maybe he's uh, away on a trip or maybe he's asleep and needs to be awakened. I mean, Elijah is really tough. He is, I mean, it's one of him. He, he, he called it out. He did the math, okay? For me, as tough as he's talking, what I say, the math ain't mathing, okay? It's not. It's not doing the math because it's one of him and 450 of him. But then I thought about it. I said, Elijah's rolling with God. He could talk all the smack he want. And that's what he did. And so... I'm sitting there and I'm laughing like y'all laughing. We laughing. We mocking them too. We like, <laughs> what are they doing? Like, Belle, they, they're hobbling, they're dancing. And then as I read it, I got a little offended. So then I said, hmm, is that what I look like? When I do life without God, when he's not involved in the steps that I take, is that what I look like? It says, they shouted louder, and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They doing a lot of stuff for a God that ain't answering. And how much are you willing to do for a God who answers instantly, all the time, never fails? That's all right. Y'all ain't got to talk back to me. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice. But still, there was no sound, no reply, no response. That was the flashback. Here's real life. When you choose to do life without God and you go in cycles and circles of not including him in it, no reply, no response, no sound, because he's not in it. Right. What does your life look like when you, when, you, when you make a decision and you don't consult with God? Right. No reply. No sound, no response. So as much as we could laugh about them crying out to Baal, it's what our lives look like when it's void of the spirit of God. When you're not being led by God, your life looks like no sound, no reply, no response. Not just from God, but even you. You have no sound. You have no reply. You, have no re you can't show up in life without God.
first one, set the stage with your choice. Make a choice. Don't just make a choice to follow God. Make a choice to include him in every part of your life. I gave you a high-level example, and I gave you a small one. Like, well, you want to tell that person what you want to tell them? <laughs> no sound, no reply, no response. You're ineffective if you don't carry Jesus everywhere you go. All right, we're going to keep reading. Next verse. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here, because we don't know what's happening over there, but come, come, let's, let's go over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. Something stood out right here. When I told you about the altar that the people of Baal did, it said they rebuilt, they built the altar that they built. This one says he built the altar of the Lord. Typically, when we do things without God, it's stuff we've built. It's stuff we put together. It's stuff I dreamed up. It's stuff I think the way it should go. It says the altar of the Lord. The sacrifice, me laying my life down, is to the Lord, not to my own things like what I want to do. They're laying a sacrifice on the Lord of the altar, and Elijah rebuilt the altar as unto the Lord. On the other side, they are rebuilding things to who they are and what fits them and what their plan is and what their purpose is. And, and Elijah is building it to the Lord. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel. And he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar, large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar. He cut the bull into pieces and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said. And the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. Come back from the flashback. Elijah is making the wood impossible to catch fire. Wet wood doesn't burn. He said, he didn't just like sprinkle some water. He threw 12 gallons on it. What kind of man? Son, it's just you by yourself. That's a person who understands the God he serves. He says, no, 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 no. Not only will I be outnumbered, not only will I be the only one, not only will I show up to a space with a people who don't even serve you, but let me make the situation impossible. Let me, let me lower my chances of God even coming through so you'll know when it happens, it was God. Okay. Sometimes you got to believe God in the face of the impossible. When somebody says something to you, man, you got to step up to that thing like you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. He, you, when y'all reading the same, I'm reading. It's exclamation points out of there. He said, do it again. He said, fill that with water, pour it, do it again. No, because like I'm, I serve a God who if I poured all of the ocean on top of this wood, it's still going to burn. The whole ocean. Because he's that kind of God. He could get the ocean and dump it on wood. I don't know. It's the God I serve. Let's go. Because I think y'all quiet because y'all like, 
It's like, the movie about to get better. I'm telling you, it's gonna be so good. We like on the edge of our seats. Cause wet wood do not burn. Next verse. At the usual time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed. Oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God you were yesterday, the same God that showed up for Abraham, the same God that showed up for Isaac, the same God that showed up for Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. Prove that I have done all of this at your command. Sometimes you got to ask the Lord to prove if it was him. Because you got all this boldness and you show up to the face of a thing that don't look like he's there. And he's the kind of God that is waiting on a moment to prove it was his word. He's a God who cannot lie. Numbers tells you he's not a man that he should lie. So it's okay for you to ask him to prove himself because he can't lie. If he said it, it got to come to pass. First Kings 18 and 1 said, go present yourself to Ahab and tell him I'm going to send the rain. So it's going to happen. And I'm going to show up like I see it already. First, Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. You see what that says? Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven. I know, I know. Y'all like, oh my God, what happened? Let's go back. It said the prophets of Baal, they danced around. They hobbled around. They shouted. They said, oh, Baal, come show up. It, it said they said from morning to noontime, it's dark outside, and Baal still ain't showed up. This says immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven. Immediately, immediately. We serve a God of immediately, immediately, quickly, suddenly, suddenly. Suddenly, immediately, immediately, when you do things that God tells you to do, you reap the benefits immediately, instantly, straightway, suddenly. He's God. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven. You know what it did? It burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench and when the people saw it they fell face down on the ground and you know what they cried out the Lord he is God yes the Lord is God you know why you gotta show up and set the stage so when people experience the fire of God they'll say the Lord he's God the Lord he's God he people who chose to walk away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They needed a reminder to know that he is God. <laughs> Elijah, now you. How are you living your life? So much so that when people see you and experience and encounter you, that they say, oh my God, the Lord is God or are you wavering 
Are you stuck between two opinions? Have you made a choice to follow him? And have you stepped into that choice with your faith? When people encounter you, do they look and say, he's God? Is your life, does it have the handprint of the father on it? Do they know when they look at you that he's God? Or are they confused? Because you serve God, but you got something else over here that you tend to. Checking your chakras and reading your tarot cards. Or do they know that he, the Lord, is your God? No, no, no. We, we not in a time where you can play. How long will you waver between two opinions is a serious question. Because if he's God, follow him and let God be God. Stop playing with this other stuff. He's God. I was counseling a couple a couple weeks ago, talking to a young man. He's like, man, Brenda, I was really looking for the Lord. So much so I started getting like caught up in all these other things. I'm like, you know, talking to hypnosis people. I'm like, you know, getting my palm read. He said, I went to see a tarot card reader. He said, and when I got in there, he said, I can't make this up. He said, her face changed. Yes. And he said, you know, she says, the Lord told me to tell you, this is the last one of us that you will see. She said, the Holy Spirit is telling me that what you're searching for, God said, is only found in him. Wow. Talk about the Lord being God. He don't care about no rules. He don't care about what you choose to do either. He'll chase you down. You mean to tell me, son, that a witch told you that the Lord said to stop coming to see her? The Lord is God. A witch spoke on behalf of the Lord? No, because let me tell you, when I say he's God, he's supreme. He reigns over all. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. For a witch to tell a young man that the Lord said, son, this is the last time you'll see one of us, the Lord will chase you down. He'll tear down walls and systems and kingdoms to step in your face and say, hey, man, I love you. I'm after you. I'm chasing you. The Lord is God. This entire story, I asked God, you know, I said, how? How come? You told Elijah to tell Ahab the rain was coming and you sent him into a whole fight before he even got to utter the words. I recognize that Israel was no longer serving God. They were serving Baal. This entire moment is because Elijah needed to reestablish the authority of God amongst the people. It wouldn't have held as much weight had he came in the beginning and said, hey, the Lord's going to send the rain. The Lord, Baal, going to send the rain? Or they would have been confused. He had to make it an unfair fight. Okay, absolutely. You mean the God that just sent fire on wet wood that don't burn under 12 gallons of water? Absolutely. The Lord will send the rain. It said they bowed down and said the Lord is God. A people who had turned their back. 
And just like Elijah needed to reestablish who God was for Israel, God wants to do the same thing for you today. Some of us have been carrying on and living life like, you know, like it's our life to live. When you make the decision to follow Jesus, you don't have a life anymore. It's according to his purpose and his plan. The Bible says, in him I live, move, and have my being. If I'm not serving him, am I really living? The Lord is God. If you don't take anything else from this message today, I want you to recognize that the Lord is God over your situation, over everything that you're facing, over your day-to-day -day decisions. He's God. And it's the best decision that you would ever make to follow him. So number one, we set the stage with our choice. Then we set the stage with our faith. Then we see Elijah cry out to God and say, prove yourself, not just for himself, not just for the people, but also for himself. Prove that this step of obedience wasn't in vain. Lord, I need to see your hand move. I need to see your power show up so that the people will know that it's you that's after them. It's you who sent me. I'm not making this up off the top of my head. These are instructions I'm following of the Lord. God, I need you to prove that you are the one who called me and sent me. And instantly, immediately. Fire licked everything up and everybody dropped to their knees. That's the power of God. And it didn't just burn the bull because that would have been enough. It wept up everything. When the fire of God hits your life, it consumes you. Every part of you. You can't compartmentalize the parts that you want the fire to hit. Y'all ever seen the fire? It just it spreads. It don't stop. It don't go, oh, oh, no, Lord, not there. It consumes you. It becomes a part of everything. It changes the way you move. It changes the way you see things, the way you think. It, 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 it's the fire of God. I can't even really explain it. I pray it hit this house today. Last but not least, you got to set the stage with your posture. Verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. You know what this says? So Ahab went to eat and drink. Oh, no. You, you see how you're listening? When you are... <laughs> Ahab ain't asked no questions. He didn't say, who you talking to? He didn't say, I'm the king. How you going to go send me to do something? It says, Ahab went to eat and drink. See what the fire of God would do? It would shift the things. It shifts authority. The king was listening. Everybody was listening to the king. Now the king's listening to the Lord. Oh, my goodness. The fire of God hits things, and it changes kingdoms and systems, and they bow to the presence of the, of the Lord. Set the stage with your posture. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I, I, I ain't see nothing. Seven times Elijah told him, Go and look. Finally, 
The seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. We saw one earlier too. Rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. As soon the sky was black and clouds, a heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly. All of this to say, I, I wish I had time, I don't. So real, we, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Elijah had a word from the Lord. Six times what he faced proved opposite of what the Lord said. Elijah didn't move. He held his posture. He waited on the Lord. How do we set the stage for the move of God? Wait on the Lord. Hold your posture. Don't let life shake you. You serve the Lord who is God. So when you walk out of here today, you stir it up about the fire of God and life presents the opposite of what we just talked about in here. Hold your posture. God's coming through. If he said it, it will come to pass. It's my man right there. Y'all, so much. Set the stage with your choice. Set the stage with your faith. Set the stage with your obedience. And set the stage with your posture and watch God show out. It lays the foundation for him to move. He wants to move. Like, God's already done everything he's going to do. He's just waiting on us to step into place so it can manifest here on earth. As it is in heaven, may it be on earth. How do you think that happens? Through you and me. Worship team, you guys can come. It's, it's, that's, that's it. All right, I want to pray for two sets of people. I want to pray for the person who's like, hey, this guy you're talking about, I don't really know him, but I want to. I'm telling you, it's the best decision you will ever make. To follow Jesus and make him a part of your life. I don't want a life with no sound and no reply and no response. I want a life of immediate lease. And let me help you with the misconception. Immediately doesn't mean he'll answer it the way you want him to, okay? Let me clear that up right now. Immediately means immediately he's there with you. So even when it's tough, I recognize that when I choose to serve and follow Jesus, he is forever with me in it, in the tough stuff, in the hard stuff, in the good stuff, in the bad stuff, in the good days, in the bad days, when it's tough, all of that, he's there with me. That's the God we serve. And I would want nothing more than to invite you into that fellowship with us. Hey, I'm telling you, it will be the best decision you ever make in your life. Today, your life will change. He's after you. Just like I shared that story of that young man who had a whole witch tell him something from the Lord, that's how he will chase you down wherever you are. Nothing you've done is too bad. He already knew. There's a scripture that says, in the beginning, before you were formed in your mother's belly, I knew you. You know what that means nothing you could do could change his mind about you because he chose you before you were even born 
So when I ask this question, I don't want you to account for anything that you've done before this moment, because guess what? He sees you through the finished work of Jesus. Jesus handled every bad decision, every sin that you would ever commit. Jesus handled it, and he made it possible for this moment to happen right now for you to run into his arms. And I want to invite you to do just that. If anything I said today or am saying right now is hitting you in your heart, let me help you with what that feels like. Maybe your hands are shaking. Maybe your feet feel a little stuck. Maybe your heart is beating real fast. Baby girl, baby boy, that ain't, that ain't just something happening. That's the Lord after you. And he's creating this moment just for you. He stopped everything. We paused. We ain't pausing. We stopping. We moving forward. But we taking this moment right here for you. And I want you to do something so simple for me. If anything I've said hits you, you like, man, I want to know a God like that. I just want you to do the simplest thing for me right now and just raise your hand all over this room. I want to pray for you. I want to invite you into this space to know Jesus like you've never known him before. The second call is maybe you already know him. And maybe you like, hey, Brenda, I don't know about him. Because you, you yelling that he's God, but I don't feel like he was God in my situation. I don't feel like he showed up for me, so I'm kind of good on him. Hey, let me tell you, he's waiting for you. Come on into this space so he can work that out for you. He's always with you and he's never left you. Let me, I've experienced some disappointment too. But the best part of the disappointment was knowing that I wasn't alone in it and God was right there waiting for me to lay it down at his feet. And if something I'm saying to you is hitting you, just raise your hand all over, anywhere, all over this room. Yeah, I see you, man. I see you, and so does God. I see you guys back there. All right, now, we don't normally do this. I'm going to step out there in hopes that you step out there with me. If you could do me a favor, wherever you are and you raised your hand, I want to pray with you. So meet me down here at this altar. Let me help you. Sometimes we got to take a step of faith and we got to step out of into. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I, I'm a, I'll come get y'all and walk with you. Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Heaven is rejoicing. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. He's after you. He loves you so much, man. He loves you so much. So much. So much. So much. Yeah, yeah. Keep coming, keep coming, yeah, 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 man, yeah, yeah, thank you, Lord, Woo! come on, I'll wait for you, I'll wait for you, I'll wait for you, 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Yeah. I wanna, yeah, come on. The prayer team, you guys can come up here too. I, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna pray for someone else. If there is someone who has been dabbling with chakras, like that's, like chakras, um, dream catchers, crystals, anything in that space. If you could come to, like take a bold step, there is freedom in the room. It's not shame. Yeah. 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 Is there anybody else? One coming. Yeah. 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 Amen. Woo. Lord, you're good. Yeah. Sorry. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this moment and what it means in heaven. Woo! Like heaven is rejoicing. Man, let me tell you, the Lord is so pleased that you chose to take a step out of into a new life. It is a new life. Today marks a new life for you, whether it's your first time choosing Jesus or if you're choosing Jesus over the thing that you were serving outside of him, today is a new day. The Bible says, old things have passed away and behold, all things are new. So when you took that step out of your seat and you came to this altar, God made you a new creature. He don't remember what you did before this moment, but let me help you, okay? When you come up here and you say you want to follow Jesus, it's an act of repentance. And repentance means to turn away and go in the opposite direction. You know what that means? No more wavering in between two opinions. Today, you make a decision to serve the Lord. So we are going to repent and turn away. And when you walk out that door, you don't walk back to the things that were holding you bound. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. And so the prayer team is going to pray for you, but all of you standing right here, I need you to do me a favor and just lift your hands. And this is an act of surrender. It's like, Lord, I give up. 
I give up for trying to live life on my own, trying to do my own thing, trying to figure it out. Lord, I give it up. Everything I was struggling with, depression, anxiety, every, man, every heavy spirit that's at this altar, Lord, break it in the name of Jesus. Break it in the name of Jesus. It got to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of oppression, Lord, break it in the name of Jesus. Break it in the name of Jesus. Every tormenting spirit, every suicidal spirit, Lord, we break it in the name of Jesus. It has no place in the lives of believers because from this moment forward, they are believers and freedom is their birthright in Jesus' name. We got to go. We got to go. I'm sorry. sorry. We got to go. Lord, we thank you for your sons and daughters, God. We thank you for this moment that only you could have ordained, God. You saw this moment before the beginning of time, God. So I pray right now over every person at this altar, God, as they are in a posture of surrender, God, that today you are making their lives new, that there's no more going back, that because Jesus, you died on the cross for their sins, God, that they don't have to carry anything, that they walk and they step into a new life in you in Christ Jesus. So Lord, we thank you and we seal this moment in the name of Jesus. God, what you did here today, may it be a marker on their lives from now to the Lord. Today starts a new day in the lives of everyone who stepped at this altar. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing on the inside of their hearts. God, we thank you and we welcome them into your faith. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now everybody rejoice! Woo!